the Kinky Boys Podcast. Exploring one kink at a time. You can speak the London Putmosh. This is linked into rising rents. Venues closing, we end up with this spiral where we become more dependent as a gay community as a whole on the online space, which now does not want us. Yeah, fine. I mean, you and I are both members of Wolfpack. Mm -hmm. We, you know, kink education group. We work in London. And fine, once we lost our space at the Eagle, Mm -hmm. finding a new space to act in has Mm -hmm. been incredibly difficult. Yeah. Because, A, just finding places that are... Here's the thing, we don't actually do sex in our work, we're just mm-hmm. over the clothes bondage, but that's still a bit iffy. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is price. Yeah. Like, I mean, that is the big thing in price. Everything is small and expensive here. Mm-hmm. I um, mean, this is this is something that, I mean, it's, as a, I was born and raised in London, so it, it's very painful to me to see how much my parents bought the house for. And then to see how much my landlord's trying to sell my current flat for. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah. kind of like, right, okay, there, there, there's a real discord here between, mm. like, that, like with, with Brexit going on, London is a less desirable place to live, and yet the housing market is still blown out of the water so that Londoners can't afford to live here anymore. And I yeah. wanted two people that I know was born here and still lives here. Um, and, and, yeah, that's, that's really troubling for me. Because uh, I feel like a lot of what made London London isn't isn't there anymore. But yeah, the mm. the rents just kind of going up commercially. It's kind of it, this is like a supply and demand problem. Um, if you want to run a sex event, the rents are astronomical because the number of sex licenses are very very low. The only way to get a sex license right now, pretty much anywhere in central London, is to inherit it yeah. from another. Uh, for a venue at the same place that this venue has been pre-approved for sex use. Um, and and the the problem I think we have is that we're all individually fighting our own corner. If you want to set up an event, you hire your lawyers, you do your thing, yeah, and you yeah. try and get it through, and you try and make the, the plan. Uh, but but, but the, the, essentially everyone's getting denied sex yeah. licences. Um and then obviously this is a problem recently for MRM in Manchester that they could not get a sex yeah. license to run a single evening. And and I think this is a big problem in how we conduct ourselves as a fetish scene because of that siloed nature, that silo mentality. And I, I, I something that is very, very close to my heart is getting the rubber leather pup communities together and working with the straight scene as well to how can we work on common problems that we have among which is sex licenses? Yeah. How can we, by working together, lend more legitimacy to applications for our sex licenses? And how can we, working together with... There's lots of property lawyers working yeah, in the yeah. There's lots yeah. of like very respectable people who can make a very, very sound argument and lend a huge amount of knowledge support to a campaign to certainly in London like we have the ability to bring back that kind of like 
edgy feel that London was always yeah, known yeah. for. Soho, everyone to, everyone wanted to be in Soho because it was edgy. Mm. But now, because you've got million pound one bed flats being built in the middle of Soho, edgy is not desirable anymore. Yeah. And actually we need to work out, well actually, how can we bring that edginess mm. back? How can we, but it's going to need working together yeah. because we have to overcome residence associations who are paying millions and millions and millions for a flat. Yeah. And then exactly. making it like uh, above a nightclub and then making a noise complaint about the nightclub. Yeah. I mean, I have heard there are, especially locally to London, um, laws in the work that are going to try and make that illegal. Like you have to accept at point when you purchase the property, mm -hmm. you accept there is a, yeah, and, 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 and genuinely, like, Sadiq Khan has a, a nightlife czar. Yeah. Um, who is, that's certainly an avenue I would like to mm. go down to sit down. But, but that's not something that, as Mr. Leather, I can just sit down and yeah. do unilaterally. Yeah. And it's just not appropriate to do. I, I really think that we need to kind of have these conversations with, you'll hear the, uh, apostrophes again, listeners, community leaders, yeah. uh, all the community leaders <laughs> in the kink scene, sitting down and, and going like, all right, okay, what broadly do we want? Not what specifically, because I don't think it's right to for, for, to start making decisions for the kink community or, or on the whole, but actually one of the big problems we face, we, we, we have a problem with rent. Actually, yeah. one of the chances it like, just imagine, like, float the idea. Of what, if, what if we could get some arches as a kink venue? Yeah, just and by then, explicitly. And, and explicitly have it as a kink space. Either, owned by either, the kink community. Precisely. Yeah. Um, and, and, and have an order. I mean, owned by the kink community is a bit much. Um, usually, if you say, for instance, railway arches are the yeah. easiest thing to get hold of, you lease them from Network Rail for a period mm -hmm. of time. Hence, the hoist closing, their, their lease expired. So you lose a degree of, uh, of security. But actually, what I always want to see is, as you, as you build a following and as you build a community, you gain security through that means. Yeah. That means if you have to move, they will follow. Um, so, so it's, it's, it's really, really kind of, uh, that's a, that, that's a potential. It's, it's kind of pie in the sky at the moment. And it's not something certainly that I, uh, I, I see happening in this title year for yeah. me. The main thing is like, how can we sit down? How can we agree that actually we need to sit down and discuss this thing constructively? How do we formulate an agenda of what we need to do together yeah. and what actually in our own individual silos, mm -hmm. as it were, we need to work on? For me, in the leather community, diversity is a massive thing for me. Yeah. Uh, I'm promoting kind of like all different kinds of bodies, trans bodies, larger mm -hmm. bodies, um, twinks in leather. Like, how, how do we see more BME people in leather? Yeah. Um, and... The, the the kind of but but then coming back and looking at the, the 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 wider scene of like what is it that we collectively can do that has more power than our individual input and, i mean yeah. the answer is almost everything but like what what are our priorities and what do we need to do about this because i think we've been 
gay men certainly for the longest time have been resting on our laurels and assuming that everything will come to us because we're yeah, beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, the world owes us jack shit. Yeah. And, and what we've learned since Sylvia Rivera, bless her heart, first took off her, her heel and punched it yeah. into a policeman's head is that if we want something as an LGBT community, we have to go out there and get yeah, it. Yeah, And we have to work for ourselves. And, um, yeah, like that. that's something that, I'm really excited over the course of the next year to start rallying the LGBT community around this idea of we are going to be oppressed because we are naturally deviant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So ignoring all of that mm. and ignoring wants for greater kind of like acceptance in the wider community of, oh, we're not just sexual, we're social. We're yeah. all social. I dress up in cow like cow skin for social reasons yeah, yeah. we wear rubber in dark rooms for you social know, reasons I bought a 300 pound friendship suit yes yeah. um, but, but all of these um, all of these kind of uh, mentalities as I said earlier we, we've won gay marriage through presenting gay like only yeah, gay yeah. men beautiful gay men who are forming a nuclear family and, and it uh, sort and, of it denigrates our community yeah. as a whole. The breadth and the diversity of our community just fails to be represented. I mean, it's like Pride season is coming up. And every <laughs> year, without fail, you have the same arguments about whether drag queens and leathermen should be in a Pride parade. Because it makes us look abnormal. And, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, the... Like, the I mean, uh, I hear straight colleagues at work surprised that that the drag that drag yeah. came from the gay scene and thinking that it's a, a, a local thing and then yeah. hearing privileged pretty white blonde girls going yes yeah, just by yeah, having yeah. no understanding and, and and it's it's but, but 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 we just have to work with this i i Almost from the flip side, talking about whether Leathermen should be in Pride, I feel a little bit kind of weird. As Mr. Leather, I'll be leading the Leathermen. I'm going to try and do Birmingham, Manchester, London Pride. I'm doing Stoke-on-Trent Pride this year, which will be interesting uh, for a London boy. I'm doing kind of like various yeah. regional Prides. Um, and as as essentially a fairly buff white, gay-bearded, yeah, like, jock. I'm paid <laughs> to be a sports jock at work. Yeah. Like, in leather, like... <sighs> yeah, sure, this is diversity away from, like, that image of the bluff man, but, like, is this actually... Like, that? that I've got a degree of self-doubt around that. I mean, I'm just going to yeah. go out there and be myself and do my best to kind of lift up... Uh, the, the people that I think their voices need to be heard more. Um, but yeah, like, even even when we're trying our hardest to use privilege to to benefit other people, we're still just reinforcing a stereotype. Yeah, it's sort of... I mean, you can only do so much at a time. Yeah, exactly. It is a process. I've got a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got a year, yeah. and, 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 and my waving has a long way Ooh. to come. <laughs> I, I need to wave at a lot of events. I need to smile sweetly to a lot of cameras. 
Um, meanwhile, on the flip side, trying to kind of really shake up the scene a bit and 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 present a, the, the, this kind of vision for what we could be as a yeah, as an integrated yeah. community, as a diverse, a rich, warm community. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. Oh, that's brilliant. If I can just go back to the digital space thing. Yes. So we talked a lot. Sorry, that was a long tangent, wasn't it? I mean, this whole thing has been... (laughs) I'm loving it. We don't normally get to touch on these subjects in the Mm -hmm. podcast, so, you know, this probably won't be the norm, but I'm glad we're getting to talk about it. Because it is something that really affects our, like, gays, lesbians, trans, anyone on the edges who isn't the norm. Mm -hmm. These are big crushing, like... I don't want to use icebergs because they don't exist anymore. Um, (laughs) But, you know, this unstoppable monolith coming towards us and we have to figure out ways to survive. Mm -hmm. And it's just sort of... Because, again, we only got where we are because we were able to make ourselves visible. Mm -hmm. It's like, online, I think we need to look again, like like you proposed physically, making our own spaces again. Mm Mm-hmm. Not relying on big corporations to host mm-hmm. us. Not relying on um, governmental goodwill. Mm-hmm. Just to make spaces. Because the thing with the internet right now is all the technologies and stuff that made it such a diverse and interesting place, they're all still there. It's just people no longer pay attention to them because the mm-hmm. easy stuff, mm-hmm. the easy stuff to get onto and to set up and to be in is the large corporate stuff. Craig, are you proposing an ICQ? <laughs> <laughs> um, I genuinely, like, mm. I, 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 my first foray into LGBT rights was mm. with the Queer Youth Network, which is a website now defunct, um, that, that was, um, I was campaign director for the Queer Youth Network, and that was hugely powerful. Massive group of LGBT, 25,000 LGBT young people from around the world coming together and discussing yeah. kind of re- everything from what was going on with Queer as Folk that week. Yeah. Um, all the way through to, um, yeah, some, some really, really serious stuff as it was coming out. I remember we had uh, a very powerful debate about the Gender Recognition Act and what the potential pros and cons, a lot of which have come yeah. through. And, like, having spaces like that, like, real online communities was really valuable. And that was entirely volunteer-run. It cost us 120 quid a year to keep it running. Granted, we struggled even to raise that 120 quid a year to pay yeah. the server fees. But, but it's but, so much easier now that stuff like Patreon. Yeah. just, like... Um, exactly. You know, I, on this podcast, I bang the drum for Marston a lot. Yes. Um... Because I feel not ha- just on this podcast. No, no, no. <laughs> I do incessantly bombard yeah. my friends' feeds with it. Because mm-hmm. again, it has a lot of what it needs. You can set up your own server. Yeah. You can self-host. Hell, you can put it on a Raspberry Pi. Yeah. Um, um, and you can create a community that is does not use algorithms, does mm-hmm. not collect your data and sell it. So there's mm-hmm. no profit motive. It's. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm on two servers. One is a kink-friendly server, which I pay Mm -hmm. £1 a month for. Mm -hmm. And there's also one that is run as a co-op. This is my Mm -hmm. safe-for-work profile. And that's run as a co-op. And because I pay into that, I get a say in how it's managed and run. Mm -hmm. Um, I know people have their issues because it can be intimidating to get on there. Mm 
because mm -hmm. it's a bit more complex. Even though it tries to be like Twitter, it's much more complex in its settings. Mm -hmm. um, but I think people need to get comfortable with that again. Like, Honestly, I, I feel like, to, to kind of push back on that, mm -hmm. um, I feel like the what Mastodon is, is not about... Well, the settings are a part of it. Um, but but it's it's fundamentally this is about critical mass, and one of the reasons why I'm talking about kind of getting together the the leather, the rubber, the fetish scene as a whole, the parts, the straight scene, mm. is like how can we establish a critical mass and a consensus for a solution? Because I I see a lot of people banging the drum for a lot of different solutions to this, yeah. but ultimately we have no consensus. And as long as we have no consensus, if you try and go to Mastodon. Try and set up a server. It's just going to go nowhere. And actually, I'll, until I'll, well, it, it, I will push okay. back on that because they had, especially after the Tumblr block. Yes, because Mastodon has grown. Basically, every time Twitter or Tumblr has done something stupid, mm -hmm. you get a wave of people coming. Mm -hmm. A lot of them don't stay. Yes, but some do. And every wave has gotten grown and grown and grown. We're yep. up to a critical mass of about four four million regular users now. Yep. And there is now. A kink collective on there. You get mm -hmm. kinky mastodon, and there's yes. enough to keep your feed running. So, so I think I think the thing is that when you do that, essentially each time one of those community, uh, each time, like for instance, when Tumblr yeah. goes, when Instagram does a shadow ban wave or whatever, you get more and more people. But essentially, each time that happens, that previous community is destroyed, and you have internet refugees. They're looking for a safe space. And that's yeah. where you slowly build a separate entity that is Kinky Mastodon. Yeah. Um, essentially, at the moment, Twitter is still viable. And people aren't yet willing to sacrifice that community yeah, in order and, and that, that's what I mean by in terms of the critical yeah. mass but actually there's entirely a space the same as Facebook already yeah. doesn't allow kinky well yeah, like yeah. but the leather community largely organises and, and you, you just don't put explicit photos on, on Twitter yeah. on, on and Facebook. you just use their event planning system to exactly and then and then you have events where leather men meet leather men and then you take your play elsewhere yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot of the times, like, look, I really enjoy posting thirst traps because uh, like, yeah, yeah. I, like every millennial, love attention. I am a sash queen. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I am a title holder. <laughs> um, yeah, like, uh, it's, it's, it's lovely getting that attention, but actually, that there needs to be this uh, threshold event, essentially, which yeah. destroys the Twitter community in order to rebuild a community, rather than moving the Twitter kinky community yeah. to another server, which was another service, which is what's currently being proposed, is that the only way you're going to do this is by fracturing and building Mastodon as its own thing, yeah. which you're doing. Um, I just worry about the, the destruction of that community that has to come in order to kind of move us into that platform. And this oh, is yeah, why yeah, I don't is. push Mastodon, or Mastodon as you say, I, I would say, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I uh, because because I feel like there's this inherent need to burn in order to regrow in in, in these kind of social media spaces, um, and, and it doesn't allow for a transplant unless well unless we can develop a consensus to get a critical mass of the how do I put this. No, I'm not going to try putting it diplomatically. Mm. You need to move all of the people who do the best thirst traps onto a service, yeah, and everyone else will follow. Yeah. You, like, like, to, I hate using the phrase influencer. Uh, I always spell it influenza yeah. um, <laughs> online. But yeah, you, you, mm. essentially we need to take those influencers and move them. And that requires a huge... that the, There is a... That requires a huge amount of consensus and a huge amount of group effort in order to do that and I don't think we're ready for that yet. No, no, it, it's but a process. It's, Twitter closes its yeah. doors yeah. and everyone's going to be milling around which I think is really important to at least have these conversations so that if you're listening to this in the future and Twitter has closed its doors and you don't know where to reach us we'll be on Mastodon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, or like I know a lot of people when their Tumblr's closed down just started up a WordPress blog. Yes. Which I think is brilliant. I want to see you return to classical blogging, but I know the big problem is getting people to find you. Yes. And regularly return. And that's a system mm-hmm. that these are bigger problems than we can go yeah. into. But I wrote a blog for years that had really I mean, I think it was really interesting, intelligent political yeah. content. And I got about fifty readers a day. Yeah, it's... Blog. And I have 7,300 Twitter followers right now. And it's like... Because it's the thing. The ability to disseminate when you're talking with ideas like this, to communicate succinctly on Twitter is amazing, which is why yeah. we still use yeah. it. Yeah. Um, even though, yeah, it's largely become a bonfire. Um, I've, I've had yeah. to mute a lot of people. I've had to be very, very selective with who I follow. And Twitter becomes usable. Um, yeah. there's always this thing of, of the human brain can process 150 other people. Yeah, so it's like you have to put so much work into making Twitter usable. Mm-hmm. It's like um, you have to really curate who who you follow, make use of uh, curated block lists. They've mm-hmm. been a godsend. <laughs> like I was talking about TERFs and like yeah. Russian bots earlier. Mm-hmm. If you go on to the block lists settings Mm -hmm. and like get the pre-made ones it makes it so much easier to handle twitter Mm -hmm. and uh, don't get me wrong i do think that at some point we're going to find consensus around a new platform i just don't think that time is now no Um, but this does give us like if if we're talking about these things enough in advance as with all without being too dramatic come from the pub too initially I'm dramatic <laughs> by nature uh, without being too dramatic disaster planning yeah like with all disaster planning the earlier you start talking about it the earlier you develop yeah. consensus that way when something you don't need to do anything yeah. until that disaster hits and then you know what you're doing and you just all piss off and go somewhere that's not necessarily mastered on there I dare yeah, say there are a number of other places and this is wonderful kind of discussion at the moment coming up around Bluff, the boots and leather uniform fetishist club um, run by a good friend of mine Nigel, who's talking about having the website code, the online forums and everything like that be open source so that actually we could take something like that and make it 
much more accessible to different communities. And I think actually having a almost like an old style message board would be quite yeah. cute to have people being able to talk long form um, in, in kind of like discussions and, and, and actually have coherent threads of discussions. Um, I always found to be very, very positive ba- back in the day. Yes. Um, but, 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 and, and I do feel like Twitter loses that ability to thread together effectively. Yeah. I mean, at the moment, it's still like, uh, yeah, th- like, uh, the, I, I feel like the, 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 the Online communities that achieve stuff, like all the developer stuff and everything, still uses those online forums because yeah, they yeah. are designed to get a clear resolution and long-term discussion going that leads to a consensus rather than something like Twitter, which is aimed at promoting likes, retweets, an initial impact on the first tweet. Engagement. Engagement, yeah. yeah. Um and, and, and actually removing engagement and removing these kind of figures from, like, public view. Um, the, the, there's talk about banning children's... Or, like, when you first make a Facebook profile, likes will be disabled, so you can't see. Yeah, yeah. And, and actually, that, that kind of, like... To, when you start thinking about the, the psychology or the, the more, like, psychiatry of the situation yeah. with, like, dopamine... Um, and uh, 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 kind of reward mechanisms. Um, I think that 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 sounds a potential to be to be a healthy way forward. Yeah. I, not something I'm an expert in. No, but I mean, even then, it's. I follow a podcast, um, the Teen Human podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's done by Douglas Rushcroft. He's a writer. Does a lot around technology and how it affects people. Mm-hmm. Check out his work. I highly recommend it. But he often talks about how, like, Google on Android are putting in the newest version in screen time mm-hmm. limitations, and obviously Facebook yeah. taking away likes from kids. Mm-hmm. To him, it he always describes it as, but these are the people causing the problems in the first place, and it sounds like when they talk about, like, quality screen time, it's like how you talk about um, farm-raised chickens. <laughs> like, you are still the product being consumed by advertisers. Now you're yes. just free-range yeah, um, instead of battery farmed, you, you can't trust Google and you can't trust Facebook and you can't trust Twitter to to act mm. in your interest. They will act in their interest. Yeah, in as far as your interests uh, support their interests, and mm. Facebook got that very very wrong for years and hemorrhaged people yeah. from their platform yeah. because they put their interests way above the users' interests yeah. for too long and. Every other post on my feed is is an advert. Um, I'm told that I have to have Facebook as 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 a title holder, and I resent it immensely. Um, but the yeah, like uh, you also can't trust government because no, otherwise no. you get ridiculous bullshit like we got at the moment. So the question is, who can you trust? Well, Which is us, precisely. Um, and, and, and we've got that those little kind of groups of people, um, especially in the kink scene, yeah. there's these little tribes, little packs yeah. like, pax plus, where you get yeah. like a hundred people or so who kind of bunch together a bit uh, and influence one another. And actually, yeah. these are the 
these are the people that you can trust and actually what are you going to do together to enrich the lives and, and experiences of those people within your extended pack. So as a title holder, I mm-hmm. think what you're saying is you want to build community. <laughs> <laughs> I have only three words. Mm. Omelette du fromage. <laughs> And two more. World peace. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I've said the word. I say the word community so much, and it becomes almost meaningless, especially among title holders. Yeah. I really worry about that. That actually, there's a group of people who really, really care, and are essentially reduced to uh, those little waving queen dolls yeah, that go around yeah. various events waving and, and actually a lot of what they do behind the scenes just doesn't get noticed at all um, and I feel like almost like um, there's some title holders who kind of recently have really got respect back um, I think Mr Puppy UK 2017 mm. 2018 Boomy um, did a wonder for, for, for essentially a title that was yeah uh, largely regarded as, as as dead in the water for a yes, long time. Yeah. Mr. Puppy has, has, has really got a lot of legitimacy back. Um, and then Mr. Leather in 2015 kind of grew up with Greg Beskin Robinson being elected, having been kind of on the back burner for a long time. And actually the, t- the titles are kind of almost having a bit of resurgence now. But there's always this kind of image of just, yeah, it's just the guy that pops in for 10 minutes, waves a little bit, and then leaves the event because we're exhausted. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's because they're needed. Like, titles really had their day in the AIDS epidemic. Yes. The AIDS crisis when you needed to do fundraising and political campaigning, Mm -hmm. and you needed a representative. Yes. And then, of course, come, like, 2008-ish, you know, Mm-hmm. You know, the gays, quote unquote, you know, gone. Yeah, most it became hedonist. Yeah, almost, yeah. It's like a a, a, squ- a pat on the back. And, and I almost feel like now, like, well, I do feel like yeah. now, like, it is time for the title holders to up their game. Like, yeah. if you're thinking about standing for a title, you have to have a clear vision of what you want to bring to the community. Yeah. And it has to be something more than, like, a series of selfies. It has to be something that is mm. difficult and it, or impossible to achieve without holding that title. Yeah. You have to have a strong history of enacting change in communities. Um, because, essentially, like, if you go for uh, a title out of kind of self-interest one you will get smashed out of the water by the judges but also there's only a limited number of spots to go for any of these titles and actually you could be keeping somebody who's got a great idea out from competing um and and and, and, uh, i really feel like the, the the title holders have a um it's it's like this of very old, yeah, this thirty-year-old yeah. tradition that 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 is almost kind of, uh, in some ways, contemptible that we still have it, but actually we have a platform that we can use yeah. and build on and really grow all sorts of aspects of the scene using mm. kind of title holders as. M- mouthpieces rather than representatives 
Yeah, um, it's. I mean, we've talked about boot blacking. Yes. Like eventually there. Go go go! It's your job to make the bootback association. Yes. I yes. will be a trustee. Yes. No. <laughs> I will wave. I will come along <laughs> to yes, the bootback. My boots are horrible because they've got massive scuffs on them. I'm sure for the for the benefit of the listeners, I'm showing this massive scuff yeah. that I cannot deal with. It, Craig it, will have that gun yeah, in no yeah. time. I mean, we those, need bootblacks. I mean, those are standard cocksucking scratches on the toes of the boots. And those That's are, what you get when you're kneeling down on gravel. That was actually from. The Bondage Masterclass uh, last year, where I was leather dog and being tied up, um, and because I was wearing boots, basically it's, it's yeah. the toes are scratched. Um, but it's not it's not a befitting look for a mask for mask don top. Yes, on the top. No. I mean, <laughs> I'm a tie. Yeah. But no, I really think there needs to, like the UK has really. Um, it doesn't have the boot blacking culture like they have in the States, where it is mm. a m- mentorship system yes. where you learn along with another boot black and you learn how to take care of leathers and provide an actual service to the community. Not just mm-hmm. cocksucking, which is fun and great, <laughs> yeah. but actually like taking, because you know, leather's fucking expensive. You don't want it to go down the drain mm-hmm. and to teach people how to take care of it and to mm-hmm. store it and to pass it on. Well, this is the thing. Sir Dave is currently talking... Uh, who runs an amazing website, sirdave.co.uk, I think it is. Yes, um, yeah. Is talking about running, like, a boot black. Yeah, I've been uh, in talks yeah. with him about it. And and, and and this is, like, having, like, a, almost like a workshop residential yeah, few yeah. days. Um, and, and, like, this is something within the leather community that we used to do, and certainly within the BDSM community wider that mm-hmm. we used to do. Well, as I said earlier, like, I used to hang around, it was, um, when I went to SMKs, I met a gentleman who was immensely intelligent, and I had, like, he had a couple of slaves who were kind of no limits, like, yeah, yeah. a proper full-on out who taught me so much about what is safe and sane and consensual, all the way from kind of like just day-to-day how to interact in a dom-sub way, how to interact with a stranger and establish a dom-sub presence with somebody you don't know even, what's appropriate and what's not, all the way up to how to use a bullwhip. Yeah. Like with, without <laughs> without causing a horrific amount of damage, and that level of mentorship is something that just uh, I, I mean I actively sought it out. I wasn't like yeah, it was yeah. grabbed, but and, and and I like to feel like I would be and I have kind of provided a bit of mentorship for some younger guys, but it, but it's not something that's the norm anymore, and it's something no, that no, and it's like I have my issues with what we call old guard leather. Yes. Like that sort of very strict, you have to start it as a sub and work your way up. And I don't agree with that. Yes. Like, there's a lot there that can be done away with. Yeah. And especially, you try making me a sub. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially with like, especially, if, I remember reading, I think it was Leather Boy's Handbook. Mm-hmm. Like some of the stuff around consent in that is so oh, fucking genius. Yeah. yeah. Like, because we, we've had the cultural conversation around consent. Yes. Or are having it should I say. And, um, yeah, like, there's yes. a lot that can be done with, but the mentorship structure where you take people in and actually teach them how to do stuff properly. Yeah. Not just, like, the techniques on bullwhip and that, but how to talk with people and how mm-hmm. to interact and treat people right is but, something we need. 
I feel like there's a there's a very different conversation that we need to have today than we had in the past. Oh yeah, totally. Um, like uh, I, I, it always like annoys me a little bit. I get guys reaching out to me and they they, they, they say they send me a message on social media. It'd be hello, sir, and S I R are all capitalized, mm. and it's just sort of like this. This is almost like. I resisted the word sir for the longest time um, because it seemed like I'm not a knight. I'm a working class lad. I used to be called boss and now boss is a lot more popular than back when I was 21. And like people like the subs used to really struggle to remember. Yes. Hello, sir. Hello, sir. Hello, sir. Hello, boss. (laughs) Like, but it, it let me see who gave a shit about me and how I presented myself by the ones that remembered. But, um, yeah, I, I've kind of come to Sir, and it's it's all small letters, mm. uh, unless where my boy stroke boyfriend stroke slave, slave stroke gimp stroke he's yeah he does everything for me, um, apart from polish my boots, um, <laughs> when he he calls me Sir and it's capitalised, um, and the. Yeah, the, 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 if I'm somebody's sir, the, 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 this idea has kind of come up in a discussion recently on Twitter that your sir, your sir is yeah, capitalist yeah. and everyone else is small s sir. Yeah. And I love that. Like, this immense formality of like um, putting, um, when talking about a dom-sub relationship, having he or his capital yeah, S, yeah. stroke, small, yeah. H, like, and, and just, like, noting that there's two different levels of power. Like, that level of protocol I find to be really... It just doesn't work for me. Yeah. But actually, there's a lot of people who try and engage with me on that level as to full. They assume he's wearing leather, he must be old yeah. guard leather man. And actually, they don't have the knowledge of anything else. No. And in doing so, it just feels like creepy when somebody comes on to me like that. It feels like, oh, w- what is this? Well, this is the thing. It's sort of like having a really strict sort of community guidelines probably isn't the best. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, you need to uh, essentially a period of grace to actually yes. find out how people like to be interacted with. Yes. And and I, I yeah. I'm so much more appreciative if somebody comes up and talks to me as a human being, and then yeah. we establish right. We're both kinky fuckers. We're both vaguely interested in one another. Right. So you're gonna call me sir, and I'm gonna put my fingers down your throat. Yeah. <laughs> like at this social event, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm just gonna put my fingers in your mouth and put you on your knees. Yeah. Like that's fine. We establish that, and uh, uh, but but it. Everything, I always feel like if you're going to call somebody, if you're going to establish from the get-go that you're calling somebody sir, then that automatically almost implies like you're, you're unilaterally imposing a power exchange mm. that doesn't yet exist because those consent negotiations haven't been had. These, these really important topics are just being glossed over and we're going straight into protocol. Yeah. And, 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 and I always feel like the, the topic of consent is a really interesting one at the moment because it flows both ways. <laughs> um, and, and, and actually, I feel like there needs to be as much um, a discussion about consent flowing 
from sub to dom, essentially yeah, sub yeah. to dom consent to go like, yeah, just because I'm a dom doesn't mean you get up in my face and sexually harass me because you want yeah, me to fuck yeah, you. Yeah. Like, leave me the fuck alone. Sort of, <laughs> like, like, I'm here with my boyfriend yeah. as my boyfriend, not as my slave, not as my... He's here with me as my boyfriend. Leave me the fuck alone. Yeah, of course, can... if I'm wearing the sash, come up and say hello because yeah. that means I'm, I'm on. I'm on duty, yeah. as it were. But if I'm off duty... It's it, it's always a little bit weird to have people bounding up to me and want to engage with me sexually. Yeah, yeah. It, it's like I had to do this because, you know, I do boot blacking yes. and obviously there's not the culture around boot blacking. So mm-hmm. a lot of people didn't know how to interact with me and just assumed I was basically a public sub. Yes. Like <laughs> I was the slave for the group for the night. <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, no, 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 no. I only lick your boots if I like you and we have pre-discussed it. Yes. You know, like I often say... Treat um, boot blacks like you would the bartender. You can yes. find them hot. You can flirt with them, but they're not. They're there to do a specific service. Yes. Yeah. Um, which is yeah. Look after yeah. look after our leathers yeah. in the way that a lot of us don't know how to. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a reasonable idea how to polish boots. So I know how to look after my leather trousers. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just put them on and look good in them. <laughs> and yeah. So, yes, we've covered a lot today. Yes. Yes. Um, so, in short, um, Mr. Leather UK will save us from the algorithm and <laughs> unite us all. Um, <laughs> community, community, omne for mark, world peace. Yes, yes. No, thank you. This has been a great talk. I mean, I know it's not our normal subject, but mm-hmm. I think these are great to talk about. Like, it can't always be about why people are turned on by... Gunge. Yeah, Gunge was great. I haven't done Feet yet. You haven't done Feet? No, Feet and Feet is... Feet is really interesting. Yeah. Look, the the neuroplasticity involved in foot fetish is... uh, It's like, under a functional MRI, foot fetish is the most... Sorry, I'm going medical again. But actually, there's a reason why some people get Feet, and it's all about Feet and other people just cannot understand it, and why there's that massive divide is a neurological one. Wow. The nerves that serve the underside of the feet terminate in the same place in the brain as the nerves that serve the genitals. Okay, I am having you on when we talk about... When we get to talk about feet, I'm having you on. Like, like Fine. you booked yourself a place. Yeah. I, I, will, I will wear my... Neurological healthcare <laughs> yeah, professional yeah. hat, then shall I? I'll, I'll oh, need to. Yeah. I need to look this up in the textbooks. But yes, there's there's a reason why some people get it and some people don't. I do not get it, but I understand why I don't I, get it. I don't find them physically attractive, but I yes. find the act of foot worshiping, not the visual. Like porn of yeah. it does nothing for me, yeah. but I found. The actual act of it does something really weird for me, which I really enjoy. <laughs> so this is about... Uh, there's kind of that divide, which is, yes, yeah. uh, having a guy lick my feet and lick my boots because he is submissive yeah, to me yeah. is incredibly hot. However, the underside of my feet, or my feet in general, do not provide me with sexual stimulation. No, like, I don't look at a guy and go... Because I know it is for some people, like, they mm. look at a guy in flip-flops and go, oh my god, the arch on that guy, and the toes, and the Yeah, veins. but if your yeah. feet provided yeah. you from aged 11 with a similar sexual sensation to your genitals, 
or like with a with a really pleasing feel like some people can come just from playing with their nipples and this is uh that 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 bleeding over mm. within the brain i shouldn't say bleeding but blending in the brain of of of, the, of of those two nerve centers is really really interesting you're gonna have to cut this i'll split it into two parts <laughs> no, no, no. um so, yeah. yes so thank you this has been a fascinating interview <laughs> And, you know, I wish you all the luck in um, your work for the year. Thank you. Because you're obviously doing a really good job. (laughs) So so far, I'm a month in and I'm intimidated. We've only got 11 left. Yes. But um, come find me on Twitter for now. If you're listening in the future, this may have changed, but I'm at BusterBDSM or I'm BusterGladstone on Facebook. Cool. Which is my kink profile. And you can find the Kinky Boys podcast Twitter or my personal Mastodon because yeah. I will bang that drum until the day I die. Um, uh, Next at year. Boot Black Cub at um, Bear Doc Community. Um, and you, we've got our email and a Patreon if you want to give us money because we're not ad supported, please. Anyway, thank you. Uh, everyone play safe and good night.